for Taisho today, I thought um, we could explore the topic of what is Sashin. A Zen retreat traditionally is called a Sashin. And Sashin means to touch the mind or touch the heart. The uh, characters for Sashin really mean to make contact with the heart mind. And you could say that the heart mind is really the core of who we are, the core of a person, to make contact with our core. This is a very short sashim. In some traditions, they wouldn't even call it a sashim unless it's seven days. My feeling is a little different. Um, certainly there is uh, depth and power to a traditional seven-day sashin, uh, but even still, uh, there are no rules. And so even short weekends like this offer us the same opportunity. I've seen people have in experience great change even in a short period of time like this. So we shouldn't get too attached to uh, labels of what a sashin is or what, is, what it's not. But we've modified the schedule this weekend um, to make it more accessible because many people here are new. We only have today and tomorrow. Part of today and part of tomorrow. And in Zen, we wholeheartedly embrace the, the reality that our time is limited, that we don't try to turn from the fact that Sashin flies quickly by, that our weeks go by quickly, our years go by quickly, our lives go by quickly. In fact, traditionally the wooden block that's played has a verse printed on it. And a translation that I'm familiar with goes like this. Great is the matter of birth and death. Life passes quickly by. Time waits for no one. Wake up, wake up. Don't waste a moment. So the underlying energy of Sashin is just like this, not wasting time and waking up. 
truth is we don't know how many retreats we'll be able to get to in our life. So we should really do everything we can to get the most out of our time. Of course, this isn't just the case with this weekend, but with our life in general. People looking at what we do from the outside often remark, what what good is your sitting practice anyway? Isn't that a waste of time? Uh, but these are these are often people that have long bucket lists, you know, these bucket lists. Like there was a movie that came out by that name. Zen is not a broad practice. It's not a wide, broad practice. But it is a deep practice. It's vertical, not horizontal. It's not a jack-of-all-trades type of practice where we try all kinds of things. But it is a practice that helps us get the most out of the smallest encounters that we have. Um, when I was thinking about that, the famous words of William Blake came to mind, which I'm sure many of you know. To see a world in the grain of, a sand, of sand and heaven in a wildflower, to hold infinity in the palm of your hand in eternity, in an hour. To see a world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wildflower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand in eternity, in an hour. Which brought to, to mind another uh, quote, or actually a koan, the great master Seppo, Shui Feng in Chinese, a great Tang dynasty master, uh, forget his dates, but somewhere in the 800s, was teaching the assembly and said, when you pick up the whole earth in your fingers, it's the size of a grain of rice. I cast it down before you like in a black lacquer bu bucket, you don't recognize it anymore. Beat the drum. Call everyone to look for it. The whole earth in a grain of rice. Look. Sashin is designed to help us really understand those words of Blake and to take up that search that Seppo is encouraging us to do. Not an intellectual search, but an experiential one. 
And so the spirit of a Zen Sushin or a Zen retreat is not a retreat at all. We're not retreating or reposing or reclining. But we're searching. You have to be careful about this use of the word search as well. Searching, of course, is at the heart of the spiritual um, quest, so to speak. But it's not a desperate searching. It's not... It's not like when we're late for work and we have to find our keys, for example. In those times when we're desperately searching, we often actually find that our keys were in the pocket the whole time, or our glasses were on our head the whole time. Zen searching is different. We search not by hunting for something, but in a very different way. We search by simply clearing the clutter and revealing or letting what is there already reveal itself. The, the structure of retreat of Sushin is specifically designed to help with this search. Our every part of Sushin is taken care of by all of us. Our meals are cooked for us and served to us. Speaking of which, our Tenzo our head cook is always in the kitchen during sashim. That's their practice, just serving. There's a very famous um, piece of writing in the Shobo Genzo by uh, Ehei Dogen, uh, the founder of Soto Zen in Japan, who writes in his instructions to the cook And he says in that essay something that I think could actually apply to all of us in retreat in Sushin. If we just uh, listen to it with maybe a more a wide sweeping mind, he says, since ancient times, the position of head cook was held by accomplished practitioners who have the way seeking mind. could actually say that all of us, that Sashin is for those of us who have this way-seeking mind. He goes on, it's held by senior disciples with an aspiration for enlightenment. This is so, he goes on, because the position requires wholehearted practice. Those without the way-seeking mind will not have good results in spite of their efforts. Again, broadening, broadening this out to each one of us outside of the kitchen, 
the cycle of the head cook, their work begins. First, they go and see what the ingredients are for the morning and noon meals. And after they receive these meals, or these materials, they take care of them as if their own eyes. A Zen master once said, protect the property of the Zen center. It is your eyes. Respect the food as though it were the emperor and take the same care for all the food, raw or cooked. We all should take care of this place, take care of our practice, like we're protecting what's most valuable to us. It's the spirit of the head cook taking care of all of us. He goes on, when you wash in the rice and prepare the vegetables, you must do it with your own hands and with your own eyes, making sincere effort. Don't be idle, even for a moment. Do not be careful about one thing and careless about another. Do not give away your opportunity, even if it merely is merely a drop in the ocean of merit. Do not fail to place even a single particle of earth at the summit of the mountains of wholesome deeds. We have to, going back, he says, you must do it with your own hands. This is the spirit of Sashin. We can't ask somebody to practice for us. Zen is a tradition where we roll up our sleeves and we do the work, we get dirty. We have to go through this ourselves. No one else can practice for us. Don't idle for even a moment. Be careful. Don't be careful about one thing and careless about another. In other words, some people see the zendo as the place of practice. And then when they're laying down in their beds, they see that as not a place of practice. That's discrimination. As he's pointing to, the spirit is that every inch of this ground in Sashin is an opportunity for practice. He goes on, watch for sand when you examine the rice. Watch for rice when you throw away the sand. If you you look carefully with your mind, undistracted, naturally the three virtues will be fulfilled and the six tastes will be complete. And then he actually tells a, uh, recounts a story uh, by Seppo, Shui Feng, who we read from before. And it goes like this. Seppo was once the Tenzo at the monastery of Dongshan, or Toksan is his Japanese name. And one day, Seppo was washing rice. And Master uh, Toksan asked him, 
do you wash the sand away from the rice or do you wash the rice away from the sand? And Seppo replied, I wash both sand and rice away at the same time. Toksan says, well, if that's the case, what will everybody eat? And at that, Seppo covered the rice washing bowl. Finally, Toksan said, you'll probably meet a true person someday. What does it mean when he says, do you wash the sand away from the rice or the rice away from the sand? Can you get a sense of that? what he's getting at with that. Rice and sand. Sand and rice. Good and bad. Right and wrong. This and that. Maybe he's asking Seppo, do you prefer the good over the bad? Do you prefer this over that? Are you caught in duality, this dual thinking mind? To that, Seppo replies, I wash both sand and rice away at the same time. This is the spirit of Sushin again, washing away all things, all concepts, not getting caught in right or wrong, good and bad, practice and non-practice. <clears throat> our work is very, our work period is very short in Sashin, and nothing but simple tasks, cleaning, raking, cooking, washing, we don't need to worry about time. Everything is timed for us. All we have to do is enter the current of Sushin. But it's not that there is no work in Sushin, but the work is internal. It goes on and on. And so what is this work that we do? Well, simply attending to the practice. This one-pointed concentration on your breath. Or on the koan. Or just sitting. And any time the mind comes up with thoughts about the past or the future, we simply make the choice to return to that present moment awareness for who, people who are working on the breath or counting or experiencing the breath. It simply means returning to the physical sensation of the breath. This is a, a complete practice. Not thoughts about the breath, not trying to change the breath, not philosophizing about it, 
not turning it into a metaphor. And for people who are working on Mu, just this one syllable, Mu. No ideas about Mu. Just deep from the Hara, Mu. When we hear the bell ring for the end of a sitting period and we bow, we let Mu do the bowing or the breath do the bowing. When we stand, Mu stands. When we lay down, Mu lays down. The breath lays down. When we walk in Kinhin, just the breath taking one step there is no me in this full experience of the breath or mu. Eating, going to the bathroom, sleeping, sweeping, cooking, just letting every activity become the practice. That's all we have to do this entire weekend is become a breather. That's it. Through and through. Or a moor. It's like the type, I think of Sashin as kind of like um, those that bowling. You know, when you go bowling with a kid and you put up the guards on each side and all you have to do is chuck the ball down the middle of the lane. All right? So much easier. Sashin is like that. Everything is guarded for us. And so all we have to do is let go of the ball. Just throw it. Just do it. Put yourself into it. No need to keep your guard up. The guard's already up. We just have to let our guard down. This takes a tremendous amount of faith. A faith that this practice will guide you, that the teacher can guide you, that the schedule can guide you, that this 2,600-year-old tradition can guide you. When we retreat to thoughts, that's the mind of doubt, the mind of not doubt as in questioning, but doubt as in doubt. The skeptical mind that wants to um, distrust, to hold back, to stay on the surface of our relationship with our practice. <clears throat> so the other night I gave a talk at, I went to Wake Forest um, University and gave a talk to um, some law students, believe it or not, at the law school. And um, it's a contemplative law class, which I thought was incredible to see. Um, and afterwards, one of the students came back, uh, had left, and then something was weighing on his mind. So he, he came back and asked whether or not Zen Buddhism was a religion. 
because to him it seemed pretty in line. Everything that we were talking about that evening seemed pretty in line with his humanist, humanistic values, his philosophy. And so we talked about a little bit about the word religion and what humanism means. And what we settled on was that the heart of what makes Zen a religion, if you can call it that, is faith in the practice. We have faith that following this path, we can find peace of mind. And the practice itself is an expression of this faith mind. But aside from that element, I, I would say that Zen Buddhism is not really a religion. It's a practice. Sashin so can look like a religious practice, uh, all the robes or bowing or chanting or candles and incense. Um, but in Zen, we don't really consider these things religion. We actually, the Buddha used an interesting phrase. He said that things like these, this are what he called skillful means. In other words, uh, forms that have been proven over time to help us to help us focus, to help us dive deeply, more deeply into this faith mind and to be able to lose ourselves more and more. I think it would be difficult, if not impossible, for us to achieve, to achieve the kind of depth of meditation <clears throat> that we do in Sashin if we uh, didn't have the help of these forms. I don't know if you guys would agree. I had a friend once who we used to go to Sashin together. And his, I guess his father or father-in-law, I can't remember, but somebody found out again he was going to Sashin and he described what the experience was like. And uh, the guy in sort of a sarcastic, so, sarcastic tone said, you know, well, you pay me 300 bucks and I'll stick you in the basement and feed you carrots and hit you with a stick. I don't know if people all know here that traditionally we use a kyosaku, an st encouragement stick. Um, we, have, we haven't used it that much here at this zendo. But it's, it's actually a wonderful tool. It's uh, used on the acupressure points in the shoulders. And during sitting, we all know how sleepy we can get and distracted and kind of sore. And so during the rounds, a monitor or teacher walks around with the stick and offers it to the participants. And there's two, two blows on each shoulder. Actually wakes you back up and gives you energy. And it's actually quite liberating. We haven't used it. or We, we may implement it more. Here they have a big Rinzai stick, which I'm not used to using. I tried to use it last Sashin, it was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit intimidating. The thing's hanging, you can see on the hook up there off the screen door, 
It's about four feet long or something. So I'm used to a smaller Soto-style stick. It's very thin. But, but all the forms, like the stick, are meant to rouse energy, to concentrate the mind, and to provide a skillful way for us to engage deeper into the practice. <clears throat> so anyway, so Zen might look like a religion, but it's really not. The, I would say that the only time Zen becomes a religion is when we start looking outside of ourselves for answers, for freedom. When we turn to some outside force. Religious practice posits a god who we look for for guidance and salvation. But there is no god concept in Buddhism. And when we start, well, one of the dangers is because there is no God concept, often what happens, uh, especially with older and older teachers and foreign teachers, say Japanese or Chinese teachers where their English isn't so good, is we begin to idealize them. And we look to the teacher then as the salvation. You know, that person is so enlightened person is so amazing that we project all of our hopes and wishes and onto a teacher. Or maybe some other concept we project. But we have to be very careful about this. Turning over our power to somebody else. We've seen time and time again in the American Buddhist community and in um, other religious communities, how when we give our power over, how it leads to abuses and neglect. So Zen is not a religion. Remember, the Buddha said, if don't do anything out of respect for me, he said, if you take up a practice and it works for you, keep doing it. But if it doesn't, stop doing it. Now, of course, we have to be careful with that too because, you know, in our society, we might try something for five minutes and say, oh, it's not really working for me, so I'll give it up, right? But not to look outside of ourselves for answers. Zen Sushin's are helping us turn that light around, turning that flashlight of awareness, of inquiry, of looking, of searching, and it turns that 180 degrees around back on us. So, we don't have to worry in Sashim Everything will take care of itself as it needs to be. People often wonder when they'll have insight. They've heard about Zen insight and awakening and all these enlightenment experiences. You know, this is the case for people that have read the Three Pillars of Zen where 
uh, a bunch of uh, Kensho or awakening experiences were written down and put in this book and it and really um, has done a lot of damage to people who have read those without then kind of grounding themselves with a teacher because they, they really get attached to having some sort of awakening experience and uh, then that frenzied search starts. So um, we don't have to worry about insight or sudden shifts in our practice, they'll happen. They'll happen with time, but they'll only happen when they need to happen. As I think it was Adol Roshi used to say, with the readiness of time, everything happens with the readiness of time. We don't need to rush it. Rushing will only actually postpone it. It doesn't mean that we don't search but that we don't search with a time frame in mind. I experienced that when I was the other, last week when I was starting this installation of this new heat pump air conditioner system here in the Zendo. And I found my mind going off, um, getting in, beginning to worry about planning it and you know um, every detail of the project and in advance, and, um, and I know how planning can be helpful, um, but what I re realized, what it wasn't just planning that was happening, but it was a lot of worrying. I don't know why. There was no time frame on it. But I found, like I have time and time again, that once I put my body into action, once I put, commit to dropping this consciousness down into my hara, getting out of my head, that the worry suddenly dropped away. It was simply one thing and then another, and then another. In the same way, we don't need to worry about our practice or about Sashin. We don't need to worry about what we can do or whether or not we'll screw up somehow or whether or not our leg will stop working if we <laughs> sit any longer or our back. We just do moment-by-moment -moment practice. We don't have to worry about understanding what's said in Teisho or said in Doksan. We just simply need to put one foot in front of the other and let that unfold. So, for the rest of Sashin, let's all commit to doing that. Moment to moment practice. Nothing else. No thinking, no reading, no writing, no um, just becoming simpletons. That's it. Move simpletons. Breath simpletons. That's it. That's the only way that this practice will really work.
stop here and we'll recite the four vows. Thank you.